Today we have uh, Thomas Brill and myself, Brian Parks, and we are doing our layman's translation of the Hendrix translation of Lao Tse's Tao Te Ching, written in about three or 400 BCE. And uh, so anyway, let me start off by reading chapter 8. The highest good is like water. Water is good at benefiting the 10,000 things, and yet it does not compete with them. It dwells in places the masses of people detest. Therefore, it is close to the way. In dwelling, the good thing is the land. In the mind, the good thing is depth. In giving, the good thing is being like heaven. In speaking, the good thing is sincerity. In governing, the good thing is order. In affairs, the good thing is ability. In activity, the good thing is timelessness. A time timeliness. In activity, the good thing is timeliness. It is only because it does not compete that therefore it is without fault. Okay, so I guess we're talking about water. <laughs> yeah, water's not competitive. It doesn't play sports. I've noticed that. Well, yes. Well, it plays water sports. Both kinds. Does it play the sports? Or is it played? Or is it merely the medium? Yes. Okay. So the highest good is like water. So that's our premise. Water is good at benefiting the 10,000 things, and yet it does not compete with them. Well, okay, so that, I mean, that just is kind of reasonable. You know, water, just literally water, is, as we have later come to find out through science, kind of one of the main things that makes life possible and makes the earth move. And when I think of that, the first thing I, it occurs to me is what they taught us in elementary school, that erosion, that the one thing that, that uh, water does that, that no other or a few other elements do is when they transition from liquid to solid, it expands. Right. You know, most things only condense. They contract, yeah. But, uh, you know, the, so air, the, the air bubbles come out in, in the ice and it expands, so it... I think the whole molecular structure changes somehow, or the combination of the molecules. Or, well, the, the way that they, when they become crystalline, I think is different, but yeah. I'm not a scientist. Um, but, I, you know, I do know that it expands, and, you know, and that is what causes boulders to, to crack, and, you know, a lot of erosion like that to happen. So it's like a, a catalyst of a lot of change. Well, doesn't I thought even the boiling property of water was somewhat different from other chemicals, but I'm not sure about that. Like maybe that it takes longer or something, or I don't know. Or just the application of heat causes it to lose atoms, you know, or turns into gas. Well, that yeah. happens with any liquid. Like if you have liquid nitrogen, it starts yeah. off gassing very quickly. Yeah. Dry ice. Right, right, right. It doesn't okay, even so go into a liquid form that so you that can yeah. detect. But I, but it seemed like there was something different about the boiling. We'll have to look into that. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, uh, water is good at ben is good at. It's not it's like it's not like an absolute or anything. It's just good at benefiting the ten thousand things. 
which includes people and plants and animals and, and, and everything, yet it does not compete with them. What would you call a flood then? Uh, well, competing with the well, 10,000 that, well, that's the next the 10,000 people are running down the street screaming. Well, it's not, it's not, in comp it's not, it's, it's not in competition as far as wanting to supersede or, uh, or, you know, take what is, belongs to the 10,000 thing. It just sort of is, right? And so that's the next line. It dwells in places the masses of people detest. So, like, masses of people don't like to live at the bottom of the lake or in a stream, or in the ocean. So that, you know, so its main place where it dwells, I don't know if the people detest it, but, you know, just soon not be there, because you can't breathe water. Um, yeah, I mean, people actually love the places water resides, or dwells. Yeah, I think people love water, you know, and it's really weird, kind of, it doesn't really mention that, that you know, people revere, you know, water and what all that it does for us and how it makes us feel and, and everything. But I get the idea. That you, yeah. People can't live where the water lives, and so that just makes it close to the way because it's a beneficial thing that not very many people can get to, basically. I right. mean, that seems to be the basic idea there. Well, it's, it, it's supportive, it benefits, but it's not the thing itself. Whereas the way... You know, the Tao can, can, is, can't be spoken, um, therefore it's close, it's close to the way. It's sort of part of it, the part of what the way is, and it's also, you know, works with the way. But it's not the way, and it's also not the 10,000 things. Except I would argue that ice cubes are one of the 10,000 things. <laughs> Wow, now you've really thrown a curveball into the whole <laughs> equation. Of course, this was before. Well, I mean, they had ice back then. If you lived yeah. in, in snow. and They had ice, for sure. Rivers, well, I don't know. In parts of China, southern China, it probably never freezes. But. That's true. They've probably never seen snow or ice, They're, you know, the people that were there. But I wonder, That's a, is tea one of the 10,000 things? When you add tea to water, does that make it... Yeah. Suddenly one of the 10,000 things, or is it still water? Just or is it tea in it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's, yeah. I think that is kind of uh, not what this is talking about. <laughs> so, um, in, okay, so in, in dwelling, the good thing is the land. Okay. That's pretty obvious. Right. So, yeah, you got to have a place for your dwelling to, to dwell, or have a dwelling. In the mind, the good thing is depth, and uh, not to be too current and topical, people that seem to favor Donald Trump don't seem to have any depth to their ability, their thinking, and their mind. Um, but uh, So, I have a philosophical question for you about depth of thinking. Okay. If people, and I'm going to kind of make this... Extreme, a little more extreme than it really is, but it's sort of true to comparing the time of the Tao with now, the, the Tao was written with now. If you only have three or four things to think about, so you're thinking about them very, very deeply, compared to if you have a million things to think about every hour because there's all kinds of stimuli being thrown at you. All right. 
So your mind is going to be much deeper in some ways. You'll be able to think more deeply because you have so many more connections. But on the other hand, it's taken away your time to think deeply. So which which of those is... I mean, it seems obvious that the depth would come from the slow contemplation, but maybe... There's a deepness to the overload of information and being able to make all kinds of connections and almost the frantic depth. Well, I, I think of that in terms of, uh, of width, not depth. Um, well, I know, guess my a, question a mile would be wide then, and an inch deep, you know? A mile wide and an inch deep. But, uh, yeah. you know, because, I mean, you know, they have scientifically found out that there is no such thing as multitasking. However, there are people, uh, like a one in ten million people brain anomaly, and I think I've mentioned this before, where the guy, there are certain people, and they have, I guess he's dead now, but this one guy could start a symphony going in his head, yeah, and another one, and another one, and up to like eight of them, and somebody could have, you know, eight recordings that he couldn't hear going on at the same time and at any point during any of those he could he was exactly where the symphony would be at <laughs> so he could literally have eight of them going on in his head at once wow. and not thinking directly about any one of them but like I say that's a one in ten million people thing if you're going to be blessed with such a talent why have it occur that way it'd be much better if you could yeah, well, lots of numbers. Except for exhibition, you know, I guess right. it wasn't yeah. really much, you know, used to them. You know, except I guess as a musician in some ways. So another question about the mind thing before we move on. Okay. I think the the dwelling one is pretty straightforward, but in the mind, uh, is the good thing depth for the masses, or is he talking about for the sage or the one who's trying to follow the way? Because you don't want too much depth if you want people to who follow, which seems to be part of the... I mean, even later on, in governing, the good thing is order. People who think deeply may be harder to control. Right. Right. In fact, I think if you look at recent history and you look at Cuba as a perfect example, people there are very, very well-educated. I might have mentioned this before. They're very well educated, they're very, very poor, and they're repressed. Yeah. That's like the worst combination of things you can have. It's more suffering because you know what you're missing. Right. And you have a, yeah. so you have an informed populace that doesn't have many rights, where it seems like you almost want the exact opposite. You want to give people lots and lots of rights, but have them be totally uninformed, like America. Excuse me, I'm yeah. sorry to throw that right. barb in Mitten America. I love you, I swear. Yeah. I don't get down on one knee when the national anthem plays. <laughs> yeah, all right. Um, yeah, well, you know, I think a lot of these things in here, there are a lot of things that are seemingly contradictive in, in what we've covered so far, but I think they're... There are a lot. Of, they're kind of observations, whereas it's up to you if you care to study these things or just increase your ability to observe. You know, you sort of live a, a richer, more genuine experience, and then some. At some point, they're going to talk about wisdom, and of course, wisdom is to know when to think deep and when to follow orders, and so you know the ideal person would have you know both those abilities it isn't I see it's it's 
I don't know if it's any more true or less true now than it was 2,400 years ago, but, um, you know, that, that's, that's, that's a good point. Fit. Good point. Yeah. So they're not mutually exclusive. No. You know, it, it, it seems like, you know, it's inst- this book is instructions, but in a way it's just observations because you always have the choice. Well, yeah, but I would also say it's instructions for how to live the good life, the highest good. Well, which is, or just fully, you know, just living fully the way, or understanding that the way exists, even though you can't define it, you can't nail it down, but it's kind of there, and it's a matter of opening yourself to it, rather than, you know, any sort of processes like, you know, worshiping or anything that sort of thing. Um, In giving, the good thing is being like heaven. That's kind of a curious yeah, and, uh, admonition. Let's see, I guess, was it in chapter 7 or 6, they talk about the heavens and the earth. And so, and I think we established that when they say, they're not talking about outer space. Right, that was number chapter 5, the space between heaven and earth. Is it not like a bellow? Yeah, it expands and contracts, like breathing. Uh, and giving, the good thing is being like heaven. Well, I mean, there again, as the straightforward of that is just... The idea is that heaven is kind of a selfless thing. So when you're giving, you just give just to give, as opposed to... Uh, that know. sounds suspiciously syllogistic to me. Yeah. It's almost like you're saying heaven is good because it's about giving, and giving is good because it's like heaven. Yeah. So what is heaven? Yeah. I wonder. We really haven't learned much about it. No, it's through just the Tao. So, sort of been yeah, so, sort of been mentioned. So I guess through other other disciplines, you're supposed to have already know. <laughs> you know uh, what he was talking about. Um, I suppose selflessness would be almost the automatic definition from this particular framing, right? I mean, if giving is the good thing that is like being like heaven, then heaven must be giving. Giving is the good thing. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't think they're they're not talking about an afterlife type of heaven. I think they're talking about a, a current life way that things happen. There's a couple of other translations that sort of, okay. I, I think, flesh it out a little more. In his association, uh-huh. he loves humanity. That's Chan translation. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, okay. He loved... And then here's a really different one. This is the Wu translation. In dealing with others, know how to be gentle and kind. That's all, all right. It seems like it's a, a lot of it's about... Selflessness, right? Well, and, and respect, and just well, and it, and it, but but I think like water, water does all this good stuff, and it does it selflessly, but it's just being what it is. And then what do we do? We piss with it. <laughs> yeah. We process it and just piss it away. And the water doesn't even care. No, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And good so stuff. heaven is like that too, right? It doesn't really care. 
Oh, that it's explains disturbing. rain then. Yeah, just yeah. The heaven tinkling on yeah. us. <laughs> Never mind. We're getting off. To- I'm getting off. I'm on a little the solo clouds. here. Yeah, the clouds are so. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Uh, I got off the way there for yeah. a moment. So in giving, but it doesn't talk about the word giving in these other translations. That's interesting. Well, one of them. Oh, that's the Hendrix. No wonder. Um, yeah. Dealing with others, know how to be gentle and kind. And an ally, it is benevolence that matters. In speech, it is good faith that matters. Um, In his relations with others, he loves kindness. Yeah. Right. And so that's, you know, that's a, you know, there, there's kindness and selflessness and selfishness and... And so, since the way is close to water, water, you know, it's its nature to be helpful, except when you're drowning. <laughs> um, so human kindness is like that too. It's just comes forth naturally. It's just part of it, you know, part of our nature. Um, I would disagree there. I think you have to work for these things. Well, I don't know if you have to work well, the, well, I think that's why, you know, that line is pointing it out. Is that, yeah, yeah. you do have to be aware of it and, you know, be aware that you're being like heaven. You're being like, you know, that uh, font, fount, fountain of, of what, wherever life comes from. Right, okay. Right, so it's, it's actually, though, a chore or a task, kind of. Yeah, kind maybe, of. Maybe it does follow naturally from... Well, there's all kinds of giving, too. There's not just the kind kind of giving. There's, there's I could give a shit. <laughs> but, uh... Give me that. Yeah. Wait, that's not giving. That's taking. And speaking, the good thing is sincerity. And... We kind of know this intuitively, just you, you meet people and you interact with them, and the sincere ones are the ones you kind of would rather be around, except that, I know from my own experience, a lot of times people equate humor with being insincere. Hmm. And now, I don't see it that way, but I think a lot of people do, That's because funny. it's, you know, it's indirect, it's juxtaposition, it's, you know... And it's it's way you know for me at least a way of putting on light and on things that you you know wouldn't normally think about. But well, I guess sincerity definitely implies honesty. Yeah. Honesty more than just like honesty in the words you're saying, like more than just I won't lie about stealing that thing. Right. It's more. It's like a heartfelt honesty. Right. So. Uh huh. Because because I was gonna say really in speaking the good thing is is honesty. But sincerity probably goes beyond that even. Yeah, and I think you're right. I think it's... It's a good word. Yeah. It's a good sentiment. I think I like that one a lot, just as a piece of separate wisdom, no matter what else. When you put that at the bottom of a letter, sincerely, (laughs) are you really being sincere, or are you saying that just, you know... Right, it's like saying, trust me. Should I really trust you? Yeah, well, you know... Just because you said it? (laughs) Believe me. Right. 
And then there's the other thing that we come across these days where those people that have studied uh, profanity, you know, and they found out that if you use profanity, people think you're more sincere, motherfucker. That <laughs> <laughs> gets pretty fucked up. Well, I don't know. They've studied it. So. By the way, if you are under the age of 18, please turn your yes. internet volume down five minutes ago. God damn it. We're about to cuss. Yes. Because we're very sincere about this. <laughs> yeah. This is no bullshit. Well, you know, and that's, I mean, there's no real reason for curse words to even exist, except we elevate them for a reason, so, you know, they have a special place. You know, some so. people's vocabulary they seem to have a very special place. Yeah, well, every other word, yeah. right? Yeah, it's a very special place. I'm not place. sure if those people are considered sincere or just fucked up. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Say it enough times and they'll believe you. <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> it's great again. Yeah, it's great. Uh, Do you believe us yet? Yeah. Listeners? In governing. The By the way, are you allowed to directly address your listeners in the podcast? I've never really. You can do anything you want. That's the joy of it. <laughs> can I do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Now we're getting somewhere. Yeah. The dowel is really sinking yeah. in. You can tell. Oh, we can even do this live at some point if we want to. The dowel on stage. We'll have yeah, audiences of thousands following us around the country, listening to us just spit forth wisdom. Ooh, and people standing outside complaining about us. <laughs> You know, a bunch protesting. Of yeah, that's right. This is and great. We're just huh? like we're like water. What do you mean? <laughs> we're just here. We detest the water, though. <laughs> we hate where you live. We loathe the places you oh, live. You just think you're water. You're really evil. Yeah, that's right. We're really ice cubes. Yeah. Don't throw ice on it. Well, that's true too. It says water. It doesn't say anything about ice or steam. It just says water. <laughs> but maybe that's nitpicking. Um, the next is in governing. The good thing is order. Well, I mean, yeah. isn't that what governing is? I mean, that's kind of, would you call it a syllogism? <laughs> I don't know on that one, because it goes back to me now. It's good. It immediately brings up this kind of almost visceral reaction, because mm-hmm. I guess I think order is not necessarily a good. I mean, some modicum of order is, but I think this disorder is where all the action is, really. Yeah. And too much order, you're starting to sound like Stalinism or something, where... It's repression, and, and, and I'm just basing that on some yeah. of the earlier chapters of the Tao, where they talk about the people, you know, wanting to control them, and that, yeah. I can't remember the chapter, but there's some really, like, strong anti-democratic kind of sentiments, I guess, yeah. which bother me as a, an individualist American. Right. Yeah, but there again, the, you know, that, that whole thing that we live in a society that's free where we have all these choices is kind of an illusion. Not, not just because of, you know, government, you know, actual physical government oversight. It's just there's so many people. You have to buffer your own actions because you live with so many other people. And so in governing, now what I think what a lot of people would relate to in governing the good is order is the efficiency of discipline and the effectiveness of discipline. You know, if you're a person that exercises, if you do, you know, if you do a routine every single day, you know, and, you know, increase on whatever part of it is, 
on a regular basis, you know, if you have that discipline, you get more benefit. And I think a lot of times when, when people are talking about order, they're talking about that kind of order. And so going back to chapter three, I was thinking, I think of it more as the chapter three type of order. And okay. to some extent, it's addressed really touched on in chapter two. But the big one that still bothered me and still bothers me is this part of chapter three. Therefore, in the government of the sage, he empties their minds and fills their bellies, weakens their ambition and strengthens their bones. That's the kind of order that I assume he's speaking of, which to me seems like a fascist kind of order. Which, again, I mean, I'm, make, I'm being very judgmental here, right? Because yeah. I think in Chinese culture in general, even now, that, that there's not that emphasis on individuality. Right. So. Well, and pretty much every culture except Western culture, the individuality is, you know, especially the way we ex- experience it, is just, you know, very kind of unique to us, not just geographically in the West, but in history. I think, you know... And it's the luxury of, of consumer society, too, right? I mean, right. You, don't, you don't have that luxury in other, under other right. circumstances. But yeah. it still rubs me the wrong way. So that's how I read In Governing the Good Thing is Order. I can't mm-hmm. kind of get that concept out of my mind, but I understand what you're saying. There's a... It's kind of there's a balance. There has to be a balance to it in my way of thinking, I guess. Well, if you're going to have government, if you choose to have government or however it happens, it's better that it's an orderly thing than chaotic. I mean, people these days complain about government and they, their complaints are almost always the idea that government is random, arbitrary, chaotic. You know, when, you know, people, you know, that write laws and and work out laws like your job, you know, trying to bring order to it all the time. But it is a human endeavor, so, you know, that's really not just automatic. Actually, something just occurred to me, which is a totally different idea of what this passage could mean, but again, now it's based on a modern political philosopher whose name is John Rawls, and his idea was... Uh, this is just distilling something down from 20 years ago that I learned, but sure. you know, so it's probably the worst pop sociology ever. But, he, but his kind of basic idea is that the objective of government is to make the worst off people better off, and kind of the reason behind that is because otherwise the worst off people will re- will rebel actively. Yeah. And so good order, my the good thing is order could just mean preventing rebellious rebellion. Yeah. You know, and, and pandemonium in the streets, which was a little bit different from the other way I was thinking of it, which is the more fascist kind of repressive right. idea. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the the other thing you were talking about was you know yeah governing fascism, you know where it's it's all controlled by one person's ego, and uh, we're learning that. 43% of the population like the idea of a leader that's all ego. And, you know, and Absolutely. so so it's part of a natural, um, you know, a, a natural disposition. But what they're saying here is no order. You really want order. <laughs> you don't want chaos. You don't want ego. Um, who was the guy's name? Ball? Ball? Rawls. Rawls. R-A-W-L-E-S. But not the singer Lou Rawls. No, it's John Rawls. Okay. Yeah. 
So, so even back then, governing government, you know, the infrastructure between communities of people was, you know, something that people pondered and had to work on, you know, even back then. And of course, uh, this is Lao Tzu. There was also what's Sun Tzu, with the art of war. He had his own take on how to control people and and work, you know, masses of people. Yeah, and Machiavelli. I mean, throughout history, yeah. people have had kind of different theories about what's the most effective way to create the order. But it's really just the means to the same end. What are the best means to that end? Yeah. And that could depend on who you're governing. Yeah. Because if you're governing sheep, a sheepdog does a pretty damn good job. Right. And that's just a lot of yapping. Yeah. Trying to make the mic a little more sensitive so we spike a little bit into the red. Yeah. Which means I'm going to have to remember however many minutes this is in to adjust my adjustments. But anyway... Um, Okay, so the next line. In affairs, the good thing is ability. No, are they talking about marital? No. <laughs> well, yeah, it's true in that case, right? But um, in, a, in affairs, the good thing is ability. And then look at the next line because activity, activity is something different from affairs. So maybe, yeah. we, maybe some of these uh, other translations could help us. Yeah, there you go. Chop this up a little differently. Now, woo is always the different one. Uh, in transacting business, know how to be efficient. Well, that's pretty. pretty so that's plain. affairs. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Business affairs. Yeah, know how to be efficient. In making a move, know how to choose the right moment. Oh, okay, that's the next line. Yeah. Um, in deeds is the Whaley translation. In deeds, effectiveness. Yeah. Okay. And then in actions, timeliness. I'm not sure how deeds and actions would be different because they seem like they're the same thing. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, and affairs and deeds they're using here. So, affairs are is a is like an, a, a process that you go through. Dealings is a process that you go through with other people. Uh, it doesn't really say. Does any of these say, yeah, in business, it's a business dealing? Well, the Feng uh, translation is really curious, too, because there he talks about in daily life, be competent. In daily right. life. So it almost implies, like, they all kind of imply more like the kind of the overarching theme of, right. of your daily life as opposed to activity, which is, seems to be more broken down to the specific. Yeah, that, yeah you're, that sounds right. So, yeah, affairs is just the way you conduct yourself in general. And, of course, the more ability or the more efficiency you have in the way you conduct yourself throughout the day, yeah, it's a good thing. You don't waste time. You don't right. waste energy. Uh, and then an activity, the good thing is timeliness. So Procrastination is a bad thing? <laughs> he says that like procrastination is not the good. Yeah, it's not the way. Just not the way. And they should never have invented the internet. <laughs> well, you know, there's sake. a lot of argument that yeah, the internet is not really that good of a thing. At least not a you know, not if you use it like water. <laughs> uh, yeah, 
this, you'll probably get very thirsty after a few days of using it like water. Yeah, so... Um, well, so in going back to the affairs or... The, deeds or yeah, business. The yeah. good thing is ability, as Hendricks puts it. Does that mean capability, or does that mean... What, uh, ability is a strange choice of words, because it to me that implies now again that something innate rather than something you can learn. Yeah, well, and also you, you kind of want to have a modifier, you know, good ability, bad ability, that sort of thing, but you're right. I yeah. think you're just meaning ability. Ableness. Yeah, ableness. Yeah, well, I mean, that's makes it, brings it down to, you know, in your daily affairs or your daily dealings, if you know what the hell you're doing right. and you're able to do it, you know, do what you say, say what you do. Well, that, that one and the, the speaking one together, do what you say and say what you do. Sincerity. Go together, right. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just as a formula to live, if all you ever read was what in my translation would be lines 5 through 11, the ones we just went through, all the good things, you would probably be considered a pretty good person. Right. Have a pretty good life, actually. Yeah, right. So... Activity, you know, it's kind of weird that they talk about timeliness. And, uh, um, you know, because there are a lot of elements to activity. Why is timeliness the one that's the good thing? Well, I think they kind of cover competency in the one before that, which would be another of the big issues yeah. in activity. Look. Right. You know, ability. So once you get the ability out of the way, if you're doing it right, then what are the other parameters? Yeah. Well, that almost speaks to the whole uh, Buddhist thing of living in the now. It's like, do your activity, just do it. Just do it. Just, just do it and, you know, do it with timeliness. He was the original Nike slogan writer. Yeah, he, he was. To, was that Nike or was that something? One of, yeah, one of them. Sorry, do I have to, am I allowed to say that? Or yeah. We're going to get sued now. Well, as long as you, you know, circle C, yeah. TM. <laughs> um, Proper attribution. Right. And our final line, it is only because it does not compete that therefore it is without fault. And actually, to me, that's the most fascinating line of the whole yeah. chapter. Right. Because I don't, I'm not sure where the connection is between the two. Is that it implies that someone who is being competitive, which is everyone in society basically yeah. at some level, that there's a fault in that. Right. I mean, the it he's talking about there is water, right? He's going back to water. Yeah. Well, that and the way are both because they go together. But uh, right. Okay. But yeah, water as an example of something that's like the way. So so water, yeah. When it's doing its thing, is just is just part of the mechanism of the way things work. It's not. It's like it's like yeah, you know, like so you have a clockwork, and the ten thousand things are the clockwork, but the water and the way are the motion. Are they you know the friction between the teeth of the gears? So it's there, but it's, you know, not something 
you know, you can really see it's it's almost a theory, but you know it's real because things happen. Um, okay, so part of the way is not competing with the 10,000 things. Yeah. And what does that mean from a human perspective? Because with water, you don't really have any mental activity going on there, hopefully. Right, no, it's, yeah, it's, it's like water. It's, um... It's what, good, does, what does good. it mean to not compete with the 10,000 things as the sage or the Taoist or whatever you want to call it? Yeah, water is good at benefiting the 10,000 things. And yet, so it says it's good at, what do the other translations say? Because it excels at benefiting the myriad creatures. Water is good. It benefits all things and does not compete with them. Water benefits all things. You read that. Yeah. The good water benefits all. Pretty much, they're all pretty close. Water I think. gives life to the ten thousand things and does not strive. That's a, that's kind of I kind of like that one a little better. Which one is that? Uh, thing in English. Uh, water gives the highest good is like water. Water gives life to the ten thousand things. And does not strive. But yeah, then you go down to the bottom and the very last part instead of it is only because it doesn't compete that it is therefore without fault. It says no fight, no blame. That's a, that's like what, what? Wait, yeah, that's back to Jimmy Cliff, right? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Where did that come from? <laughs> yeah. Um, that's interesting. No fight, no blame. It kind of says the same thing. I mean, you're not yeah. a fight can be considered a form of competition and. It's without fault, it's blameless. So it's not that different, it's just very much more concise. And I don't know if it's maybe just a, a pre-industrial, pre-physics, but like one of the good things that water does is in coordination with gravity, makes mill wheels turn. But okay. it, so, so pushing against the paddles of a, of a, of a mill paddle thing is, is is that competition, or is that, what is that, if it's not competition, or water, you know? It's competing with the wood, sort of. Yeah. And, and gravity is yeah. driving the whole competition. Right. Well, I think competition, though, implies there's winners and losers. Okay, right. In any competitive endeavor, if you get right. the girl, then I don't. Right. If, if you get the job, I don't. I mean, there's, you right. know, so, but, and so it's such an inevitable part of what we go through every day that I, it's hard for me to imagine that's why it's hard for me to imagine instead of line two being about water which just the premise is that water is good at benefiting the 10,000 things but doesn't compete yeah and that makes it close to the way so it's giving us wisdom for how we should live and what I'm trying to figure out is number one what does it even mean to be good at benefiting the 10,000 things or benefiting whatever without competing with that is it the all these things about the dwelling, the mind, the giving, the speaking, the governing. Yeah, I think those are all examples of the way, the way in, in water, how those, you can, you can lay that, that impression of the way water works with the way all these, each, you see these things in a dwelling, the land is the thing. So, yeah, you got to have, I mean, <laughs> dwelling and land go together. But if you have the land, then you're taking land from someone else. That's where I'm. That's where my disconnect comes in terms of not competing. 
and even if you're really well, good at your activity, well, it doesn't. Well, there again, I think that's the the our, our current emphasis on individuality that really focuses on land ownership and control. Well, yeah, that's true. You know, because you know it wasn't if, if your family put up a you know put up a, a, a some sort of structure and dwelt there, that was your place because. There weren't other people that wanted it or had previous claims on it. You know, that came later. Because, um, you know, at that time, there were only a few million people in the whole world, so there was space. So I don't, I don't think that was really kind of part of the equation here. But, it, you know, it's just a, but it's just a, a physical law, basically. You need, you know, land and dwelling are kind of inseparable. Right, unless you want to live in a tree. Well, right. So that, that, that one doesn't say a whole lot. Whole, no, well, even the tree has to grab onto the land. Okay, so you live on a freaking boat. Okay, but the, the, according <laughs> to this, that's not as good as, you know. Well, it's a place that everyone loathes, so okay. no one wants to live on a boat. Right, so, and the mind is like water in what way? The mind is... Uh, well, well, just like depth of water is, you can do more with water that's deep. Well, and it can do more to you. That's true. Well, I was going to bring that up next, is that, you know, just, well, the Buddhist thing of, of duality, this is all focusing on good stuff, kind of, but, you know, water, you know, like I said at one point, you know, you, you can drown. Or you can you can have water can take your dwelling away from the land with a flood. Um, the mind is a good thing with depth, but you can have too much depth. You go crazy. You have ADD. Um, so so I guess that's what, you know it's good at, but it doesn't say that that's its only function. It's good at benefiting, but you know it's just not. You know, as with all things, there's the duality. Well, I understand that, but what I was focusing on is how not competing um, results in not having fault. So it is only because it does not compete that, therefore, it is without fault. And I'm now I'm applying that to people because that's obviously the application. Even though literally, maybe talking about the water, but he's also, like you said, talking about the way. So I'm trying to figure out. Well, I, I mean, I, I can see how yeah. being over competitive could be faulted, but right. it seems to me that a modicum of competitiveness is almost a necessity for survival. Right. Unless you have yeah. unlimited resources, but if there's a deer out there and you want and you're hungry and you want yeah. to eat meat, and there's 12 other guys out there who want the deer, then somebody's going to kill it. Maybe you share right. it communally and. Well, I think, Everybody's well, happy, but if there's I think 50 people and only one deer, then you know it starts yeah. to. Well, you know, I, I don't really think they're talking about com- competition between people as an analogy, but but in the thing of, of a deer in the woods, you're not competing with the deer when you kill it and eat it. You're just no, you're competing with the other people who want to kill it and eat it. But, or say a rabbit. Well, you're to make assuming it a better there example. are other people that want it. That there aren't enough deer for everybody. Right. That's what you I just said, unless you have limitless resources. Well, no. Or you just don't live in a place where there's competition like that for, you know, for things. 
Or, or you know, I mean, this is not, shortly after the time of, of, you know, tribal living, where everything was communal and egalitarian. So, you know, that, that, that you know, competing is, you know, is where, is where war was developed. Well, yeah, and they had wars in that era in China, for sure. And you had competition for leadership, which ironically, I guess at times, would be the sage who's competing for the leadership, in a sense, right. because, I mean, unless, unless the idea is that all the grateful people just come up to you and hand it to you on a platter, yeah. the, realist, the, the, the reality of it is you have to want it to get it, I think. I'm, well, I'm just talking about, you know, let's go back to that part of that society where... Well, I th- you know, I think, well, it's, you know, it's like 20 or 30 chapters on from here is when they start talking about war, or he starts talking about war. Okay. So I think what they're, he's just laying the groundwork here, you know, and starting with the simple living on the land, you and your little group of clan, and, and not, when talking about competition, you know, the my water wheel thing actually what's going on there is it isn't competition the, the, the water it's not about the water pushing against the paddle wheel or the gravity pushing the water it's that they're all one right and, and so they work that together is, to and that, and achieve that is a, and that whatever is a, yeah and that's a faultless thing you're not using it up to do it yeah you're not expending anything there's no winners or losers it just is so you know you're in the forest and you're you know, and you're taking down a deer and you're eating it, and of course the, the deer loses its life, but especially, you know, worrying about the deer's life is a modern thing. And, uh, <laughs> you know, you're just being part of the land when you do that. And so it's it's not a really a fault thing. You know, well, you, yeah, I don't, I, I wouldn't say that, I mean, but in a sense there is a competition there, right? Competition between humans and animals. and Right, but it's not the... Yeah, it's not the forced kind of competition where you... Yeah, I don't know, maybe. So but you think there's a different conception of what competition means that may be more limited than the way I'm kind of thinking about it? Well, or just from... A, it's a different perspective. Um, Without fault, if you don't compete. I mean, I suppose there's a, a modern-day or more modern-day... Uh, corollary to that, which is uh, both the golden rule and, you know, if someone slaps you on the cheek, you turn the other cheek. Yeah. Which always seemed to me to be very unrealistic. It's a nice sentiment, but it seems unrealistic in, in the gritty real world. Well, except that, you know, uh, Gandhi sort of proved that, you know, his uh, not, you know, non-aggression. Wow, and that's... Passive resistance. If that's what it takes to be non-competitive, then you have to be pretty damn special. But I understand, but you're right. I mean, that's true. It's, <coughs> well, it's a good example of uh, yeah. probably what what the Laozi was talking about. Yeah, well, yeah, there's people that grow up in those Eastern cultures where this, this stuff is, you know, they're, they're raised <laughs> with that non-competitive thing. Um or, it kind of know. makes sports more boring, I guess. But that's right. not something you care about anyway, so... Well, yeah, yeah, well, you wouldn't give a true. shit if all the football players were sitting around smoking weed. 
instead of throwing the ball and trying to score touchdowns. It's like, You're saying they don't smoke weed? <laughs> well, I mean, if they just like all in the middle of the play, you know, oh, they just different. sit on their ass no, and I say, know, okay, pass the play, man. Yeah, I got things to do. Well, you know, and, and the current thing about that one football guy sitting during the national anthem and the people that just were incensed by that are the people that think aggression is everything. You know? The editors know Colin Kaepernick was the guy. Right, right. <laughs> but you're to be right. More general. And in general, in our society, to talk about non-competition is almost like you're a damn pinky or something. And, you know, you're a damn commie. What do you mean? Yeah. You know, and, and of course, well, like, you know, I, I was reading that book, the, uh, the Our Better Angels book about the history of violence right. and there is for, for at least well longer than that but, but there's a real documented usefulness to using trade sanctions and, and, and like that instead of war is you know just more and more effective they've learned how to do it better and they use it more often more effectively now as time progresses yet when they came out with that treaty with Iran recently there were people just screaming no no, just bomb them, you know, just turn all that sand into glass. Well, what the hell did they do? To, you know, why? Why have that attitude? You know, well, this other thing might work, this peaceful way of dealing with it. And, uh, you know, we give them some stuff. And, they, you know, I mean, that's what war is about anyway. You just want somebody else's stuff. So we give them some stuff instead of lives and tragedy. You know, but people, no, no, we have to. You know, we have to compete, you know, and that is not a perfect way. Well, it even goes back to another complaint you've had about social media, which is ob so obvious, it almost goes without saying, right? That even in the way people talk to each other now, they're very aggressive and competitive. It's like, it's my right. idea, is, you know, my way or the highway, basically, right? Right. People yeah, don't want to exchange ideas, and that's, that's really distressing. And that's what that article was that I posted on Facebook this morning that was about Colin Kaepernick, the guy who went down on one knee, and now people should just sit down and listen to each other and talk about the damn thing, which is kind of what we're doing. Right, and uh, there's that other, know, right. that, that other... Well, of course, but, you know, that's... You're trained to be right in a conversation. And... Uh, but... Um, who was that other guy in that article, too, that he talked with who was a soldier, I guess? Yeah, I don't remember his name. Yeah, but that's what he did. He actually had a physical conversation where you look at a person and yeah. you read their body language and their intonations. And, yeah, so on, on the Internet and on other mass media that is one way, yeah, it's all in your face. It's no, there's no conversation involved, really. And, yeah, I mean, it's like standing in line versus driving down the highway. Man. It's really easy to cut somebody off on the highway, but when you're standing in line, it's a little bit more competitive than right. in your face to do it. So it's the same kind of, right. it's the same idea, right? Well, you, you feel the rudeness on both sides, whereas if somebody cuts you off in traffic, if you're smart, I mean, you, you feel the insult for half a second yes. and let it go. Yeah. And, you know... If you're not competitive, then therefore you are without fault. You know, and... Yeah, I just have always been that way myself, you know, I mean, or choose my moments to be competitive. And um, it's not just a flat-out thing. Now, I don't know if that is a fault, though. 
you know, of choosing competition from time to time. Or, but I'm not water either. <laughs> well, yeah, but again, the compar- the only reason water is used is because it's an analogy to something that's like the way. Right. So you have to continue the analogy into the last section right. of the of the chapter, which is only because we do not compete that we are therefore without fault. Well, there's another thing which that is, you... Which is a very difficult concept to grasp, but I, well, after having talked about it with you for a while, I can yeah. absolutely see the benefit of, of that. Well, yeah. Well, and there's there's two common analogies of water we haven't talked about. One, well, in other conversations, we've talked about the river is an analogy that's used all the time that relates to the way water works and how you go with the flow and you know, find your way to the center channel and... Well, it's also a journey. And a journey right. and a way... A and a, and a way. Yeah, so the... But, but the other... What is the other water analogy? Oh, water finds its own level. That's you know? a really... I mean, that, that almost... Know? And that is kind of the... Yeah, complete. Defines the Tao, I guess, in a well, sense. Yeah, like, well, as far as... Let it be, happen and you'll find your own level. Right. You know, it's, it's not competitive at all. It's just finding its natural thing. So don't spit into the wind. That's yeah. another one about water. Well, I had that that guy that you know uh, used to run sure. that that hair, big hair salon that I worked in, and he had this management style that was just so crazy. When something happened, he didn't do anything because he'd done it so long. He knew that if he just waited, <laughs> a solution either a solution would present itself or, well, you know, working with. 25 women and five or eight men, you know, w- women have a way of interacting that is particular to them, uh, without trying to sound sexist here, it's just a fact. And so he knew that they had their way of working things out, but it, but he could sense at some point when he might take one person aside and tell them something, but uh, he knew better than to get in the fray. Don't kick the hornet's nest. Right. And so I was just amazed at how often things worked out with him kind of not doing anything. And the thing was, he was just the most opportunistic asshole. I mean, I liked the guy and everything, but he was not like a person you would respect, really. Except for that one aspect of him. Yeah, right. And, uh, huh. but... Yeah, I guess, I mean, there's probably some wisdom in knowing when to compete and when not to, because you can't just be completely non-competitive all the time. I don't I don't think, even if you're yeah, Mr. No. Sage, right. capital S. Right. Well, and there's competition, and there's just ambition, because you need to get things done. And yeah. that, that might be under the activity is the good is the timeliness. When That's, you're going to do something, you just do it. It's not being competitive. It's just getting stuff done, you know? It's not against another person, it's against not getting the task done or the activity. For me, it's a matter of checking it off or scratching it off my list. I don't check off, I scratch off. Right. I get great satisfaction from scratching things off my list. Making lists right. and then scratching things off of them. Oh, yeah. That's I, I wish I could do that. Well, <laughs> I've tried and it, you're right, it is satisfying. It governs my life. Yeah. It's probably too satisfying. Well, there again. I'm a list of That's an orderly way to do things. <laughs> well, and that's the advantage of order. Yeah. Is that it, you know, governing yourself. We didn't even talk about that. Yeah. We're almost out of time. So. Yeah. Oops. I mean, it doesn't say governing the people. It just says governing. We know that in the other chapter it said governing the people. So. <laughs> I'm sure that was the idea. That could be. 
All right, so uh, let's just recap or, or just uh, our summation. Summate for me here. Oh, I think um, if we go to all of the good things about a person's particular life, those are just sort of gems of wisdom or living that you could get some benefit out of with or without the rest of the Tao. The part that was a little more difficult and controversial maybe was the water. Well, the, the water, simple enough. I mean, like you said, it's basically something that's used, but it doesn't use up. So yeah. the Tao itself is a way of living that where you're basically going along that river of life and not using other people up, which is... right ties in with that idea of not being competitive making you faultless if you can actually live that way which is, would be a huge challenge I think especially in our times but, right but but if you can break through the prejudice the very very deep prejudice we have about competitive being good yeah I think it makes a lot of sense so okay um, and, and actually just to add one more thing in that regard, particularly about competition and being without fault, yeah. I, the discussion we had really, really helped me understand that a lot. So that's cool. Oh, cool. And a little breakthrough there. Oh, nice. Um, um, yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah, this one talks to me about going with the flow and being part of the flow. And, you know, they're just sort of natural, you know, all these observations here about... Uh, the good are just sort of okay well that makes sense you know it's just kind of uh, going with the flow and and so I think yeah the word compete means something uh, maybe a little different to us than it did back then so it would be uh, like the, the the Buddhist concept of harmony um just observing the harmony. So that is chapter eight. And so we're moving right along. We'll be up to chapter 81 in only 70 more weeks. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening.